This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is Kansas State's Felix Enidike Uzama, and you're listening to the PowerCat Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Make sure you're subscribing to this show on your favorite podcast provider. Welcome to a special Sugar Bowl preview edition of the PowerCat Podcast. This is not your game preview. That will come closer to the game. This is a special holiday edition of the podcast, so you have a little something to get you through. Maybe the in-laws are talking too much, or maybe, you know, the kids are too loud, or you just want to avoid the post-Christmas cleanup if you've got that still in your life with little kids and you need to escape. Well, escape with me. Tim Fitzgerald, and my friend Cole Carmody, who's on the phone line. He's not here. He's with his own family. You see how that works? Uh, but we thought it would be fun to collect so much of the audio we have leading up to our departure for the Sugar Bowl. And that game would be Kansas State and Alabama, the ninth-ranked Wildcats, champions of the Big 12, and the fifth-ranked Alabama Crimson Tide, one spot away from making yet another college football playoff. They didn't get in, though. They had to, quote, settle for the Sugar Bowl and the Wildcats. It's the 89th annual All-State Sugar Bowl on Saturday, December 31st at 11 a.m. in New Orleans, Louisiana. At the Caesars Superdome, 68,500 capacity. Man, I thought the Superdome was bigger than that. It'll be the first meeting between these two programs, and what a meeting it will be in a hallmark moment for Kansas State football the once weakling of all of college football now gets to battle the giant of this generation of college football, Alabama. The game will be shown on ESPN. And to get you ready, we've collected the sound, all of the great quotes from Alabama and Kansas State, starting with the Wildcats, who held a press conference last Monday. We talked to Chris Kleiman and about seven or eight players. We've got sound from them. And, of course, Alabama has had their own type of press conference, and we will hear from Nick Saban and quarterback Bryce Young and outside linebacker monster pass rusher will anderson during the course of this podcast and we'll hear from cole carmody hey cole how are you doing i'm doing pretty great it's the holiday season that's uh holiday popcorn as a little snack before this so i'm ready to go so are you gonna get the popcorn in the throat thing going here pretty soon <laughs> like that yeah yeah you hear me coughing that's why <clears throat> yeah we've been through that before what was that the baylor game where you almost died on the oh air? my god yeah. we had to stop the podcast about five times no that's all right it, you know it's the holiday season i'll let you 
have some issues. I'm forgiving at this time of year. First of all, Cole, we'll have a lot of time to talk. You will have an edition of the Friday walkthrough with Monty Spiller. We'll do that um, telepathically. That's not mm-hmm. true. We'll do that over the phone and video. Um, when you're down in New Orleans and Monty will be back here, I assume Monty's not going. And uh, we'll have that up. We'll have the regular game preview podcast with Brian Hanley and Ryan Wallace and that Ryan Gilbert guy to talk about odds and betting. We'll do all of that from down in New Orleans. We'll have daily deliveries. I'm going to do a video series of exploring New Orleans and having some fun with it because the bowl game should be fun and too often we forget as uh, people covering the game to have a little fun ourselves. So we're going to do that. Um, we're, We're going to be down there seven days, Cole. Are you ready for seven days in New Orleans? I don't know if I'm ready for seven days of Michael Goins, Tim Fitzgerald, Zach Carlson. I am ready for seven days of New Orleans, but I don't know if I'm ready for seven days in a row of that. Seven days in New Orleans sounds like a horror movie to me, and that's kind of what it might turn into, the mix between work and fun. But we'll have so much coverage at GoPowerCat.com. Your heads will explode. Well, I hope not, actually, because that'd be bad for business. and. Really bad for you, personally. But uh, we will have wall-to-wall coverage from down in New Orleans while our own Ryan Gilbert stays back to handle basketball for us. He volunteered for that. He's just no fun. He just wants to hang out in Manhattan and cover basketball. But basketball's pretty fun, so I guess that's okay. So uh, we'll have so much for you. And if you're not a subscriber to GoPowerCat.com, now is the time to do it right now. We have been instructed that we need to leave out some of the details of our current special due to corporate politics, Cole. Corporate mm. politics. That's that's what we're into here. But the special is so good, they want it to be one of those things that we don't actually share the details beyond the realm of going to the website and finding it because it's that good. Head on over to GoPowerCat.com. It's on the 24-7 Sports Network. Click that green join button and check out the annual deal. Um, and as you may or may not know, we are a subsidiary of CBS Sports, which is a subsidiary of Paramount Plus, Paramount and Paramount Plus and all that. So it's all kind of tied together without getting into too many details. But I will be watching Top Gun this holiday season. That's all I'm going to tell The new Top Gun, uh, anyone who uh, is a full-price subscriber at Go Power Cat will be watching it this holiday season. That's all I can say, Cole. I'm, I'm not... Are we ready to get into the danger zone? Yes, we are. And let's start with the Sugar Bowl danger zone with Chris Kleiman. And here is some of the stuff he said at his press conference last week. Um, we've cut it down to about five minutes. And um, I end this up with uh, how he will use the quarterbacks because that was something I was really curious about. A lot of questions about uh, the team and uh, kind of drilling down on some specifics. But this is about the Sugar Bowl. And here are his opening comments and some of the comments that followed. Uh, everybody's excited about the challenge and the opportunity. You know, we're going to get a chance to play against uh, the gold standard uh, in college football for sure. Uh, over the last uh, few decades, uh, that uh, I, I've really been the heart of my career. Uh, it's always been uh, Alabama um, and really everybody else, and uh, so it's a great opportunity. We know the challenge um, that uh, we're going to face, but uh, you know. I, I, it's, the CFP's got the top four. I, I argue that this might be the best um, game or matchup uh, outside of the of the CFP. So I know it's going to be a great challenge, but our guys are excited about it. 
What's the? Can you update us just on what the schedule has been like in the last week or two, and where it's going from here? Yeah. Well, we finally get to practice with some consecutive days now because we've been on the road the last couple weeks, and so we just come back on the weekends uh, and practice on Saturday and Sunday, and then head out again. Uh, Coach True's been with them a little bit, uh, doing some strength and conditioning. We've had finals. We've had a lot of things. We were able to practice on Saturday uh, with a lot of developmental stuff. And then yesterday we got a little bit more into into prep work. We'll practice again uh, today, tomorrow, and Wednesday before we give them a little break, before we reconvene. It's not every day that you win a Big 12 championship. How quickly were you able to put your feet back on the ground? Unfortunately, too quickly. You know, I haven't really had a chance to enjoy it. We go right on the road, you know, from, from that. I was in Vegas with uh, Adrian for the Campbell Award, and then from there just hit hit on the road. So it, it has not hit hit me. I can't w- wait till it does. Uh, but it might be February before it does because we go right from um, playing in the Sugar Bowl to back on the road or with recruiting cycles and stuff. So uh, I, I'm – thrilled for our players and for our staff that uh, um, we were able to do this in you know in the four years time that we've been here uh, I know it's been a very very hard it's been very rewarding uh, the yeah I keep telling these guys and telling people the, the power of belief and belief in those players and the power of player ownership uh, and it's taken uh, three or four years to get to that point, but um, now we just have to find a way to sustain it, and that's, I think, sometimes harder than building it, but it makes it more fun and challenging. You had any players say that they don't want to play in this game in the form of opt-outs? No, uh, and I don't see that happening. Uh, I think everybody that uh, will be eligible to play will play. Um, uh, I, I did see that Alabama had the same thing, which I'm excited for uh, the fan base, uh, both teams, and the fans in general. That uh, uh, the best the best players want to play and play with their with their teammates and stuff. And and uh, one last time, I think that's uh, that's a good sign for college football in general when. Uh, um, you have a, a game of this magnitude with two really good teams, two really good programs, so much respect for Coach Saban and what he's done, not at Alabama, but what he's done for college football in general uh, that uh, everybody's playing in this game. Coach, I assume Adrian will be healthy or close to it for this game. How do you balance the use of the quarterback? Yeah, um, he practiced yesterday, which was good, and, and it was a, a, a normal practice. He took reps. Uh, will took reps with the ones, and then he and Jake took reps with the twos, and we eased him into it yesterday. We'll probably give him a few more reps. Um, I think he came out of it uh, okay yesterday. Uh, so we'll probably give him a few more reps these next three days uh, and, and push him a little bit more because um, I'd love to see him play. You know, Will's going to start. Will's the guy uh, in, in the bowl game. But I'd love to have uh, Adrian get an opportunity to play in this bowl game. And if he's healthy, um, that's the plan is trying to get him some snaps in there. But I want to make sure that, that he's healthy first. And, and we need to probably get through these next three days. And, and then he's going to get a few days off uh, before we reconvene in New Orleans. When you watch film of Alabama, what's a couple of things that jump out at you like, oh, boy, we don't see this in the Big 12 or this is going to be really elite stuff? Well, I know it's going to shock you when I tell you this, but to me, football's football. <laughs> and you've heard me say that before. 
they're really good up front on both sides of the line of scrimmage. Other teams in our league are really good up front as well. But they're, um, they've, in my mind, I know they have Heisman Trophy winners in Bryce Young, and, and they have really good skill kids all over the place. But when you when you watch them over the last decade that I've watched them, their front seven has always been very disruptive, and it's no different this year. And their offensive line has always owned the line of scrimmage. And that's that's kind of where I look at Alabama and say they went up front on both sides of the line of scrimmage. And I know they have skilled kids all over the place. Okay, Cole, your thoughts on how Chris Kleiman said he wants to use the quarterbacks. I'm, I'm not sure Adrian's going to play unless it really presents itself. I think they might try to get creative in getting him on the field, but... Chris Kleiman kind of steered out of the way to make sure everyone knew that Will Howard is the guy and he will be the starting quarterback. It's it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, we, we have operated under the assumption that um, before, obviously, his press conference that, um, you know, maybe he we will see Adrian. I think that's kind of what everybody thought is there'd be a way to get him out onto the field. And, and, and listening to Kleiman talk, I mean, you could tell he just feels terrible for Adrian. That was my biggest takeaway is he knows that, it's going to be tough to get Adrian on the field. And I hope he's healthy enough to play. It sounds like he practiced, so he should be healthy enough to play, but uh, it'll be interesting. I, I'm not fully convinced that we're going to see a ton of Adrian Martinez. I do think we'll see him, but I, maybe I worked under the impression we would see him more, but after listening to climb and talk, I'm just not sure. Yeah, I'm not either. And, and talking to a colleague at the Alabama, online side, our colleagues at uh, Bama Online, uh, our colleagues on the 24-7 Sports Network, they've had problems with rush defense, and they're worried about Deuce Vaughn, so I almost wonder if they won't deploy Adrian somehow in the backfield with Deuce Vaughn. They could get very creative, or they could just keep it simple and put him in for a series at quarterback. I'm glad I'm not making that decision. You look at just Alabama's rush defense in general. It's 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 interesting how, you know, we the Alabama media, the SEC media portrays the struggles of a team like Alabama. When you look at strictly numbers, fifth they're only allowing 125 rushing yards per game. So they can sit here and say they struggle against the rush, and and maybe that's more of a common theme when they lose a game. I think right. if you go back and you look at some of those games, particularly the game against LSU, uh, Jaden Daniels, who was the quarterback for LSU, was the leading rusher. He threw, he ran for over 100 yards in that game, and and that's something I go back to and, and look at as Jaden Daniels, Adrian Martinez, very similar players. Maybe we will see some quarterback run game. Obviously, we haven't seen it that much this year with Will Howard. But, I mean, Fitz, you know this just as well as anybody. Last year, Will Howard even said it. Last year, people thought he was a runner. This year, people think he is a passer. He still has some running ability. I think we will see some quarterback run, whether that's Will, whether that's Adrian. I don't know. But, you know, if you look at strictly the numbers, maybe the rush defense wouldn't really jump out at you. But I think the quarterback run game is, in particular, could be a big storyline in this game. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's uh, it's going to be just very interesting to see, see how Colin Klein and Chris Kleiman approach this offensively. But no matter who's the quarterback or what they're trying to do on offense, I know one thing, Will Anderson, if he does indeed play, and again, I'm not completely sold they're going to play a full game if play at all. As I listen to some of these sound clips from the Alabama press conferences, 
they're kind of light on details. And what did you tell your teammates? Uh, uh, you know, th- that kind of stuff. And maybe it's just me being a jaded old man that covered Bill Snyder and saw him play some of these tricks through the years that I am applying that to how Nick Saban might, might approach it. Do I think these guys are in practice with their teammates? Yes, I absolutely do. I think quarterback Bryce Young and outside linebacker Will Anderson are practicing with Alabama in preparation for the bowl game to some degree. They're practicing to keep themselves in football shape, to get prepared for the NFL draft. We expected both of them to declare and not play in the game, but I like the idea that they haven't come out and said that, even if they only play a little bit or not at all, that they have stayed engaged with their teammates. And it, I think this is cut to what really bothers me about the opt-outs, Cole. The opt-outs bother me because not because guys protect themselves for their future. That's their that's their future. It's that they walk out on their teammates. Mm-hmm. They like, adios, boys. Have fun at the bowl game. I'm going to go train with a guy in Arizona. I don't like that. You're still mm-hmm. part of the team. You should stay engaged with the team through the end of the season. And at the very least, I think Will Anderson and Bryce Young are doing that. Or they'll play the whole game in case State will get the full array of Alabama assets as best they can. They've had some interesting transfer portal things go on with particularly the offensive line, but um, I'm kind of torn. Do I want to see the full arsenal from Alabama or uh, do I want Kansas State's chances to succeed in this game to be even higher? Uh, I think K-State can win either way, but I'm interested in your thoughts. I think it's interesting because when you look at Alabama, you look at their two deep there's a lot of younger players on the offensive side of the football minus the offensive line. They start four upperclassmen on the offensive line, but some of these guys that are on the two deep, you look, they're freshmen. And so I think the danger of playing an Alabama team like this is if you have guys like a Will Anderson who, you know, decides maybe he's going to shut it down or even Bryce Young. Um, I, I, and cause I could totally see just what you said. These guys want to be with their teammates, which I think is very commendable. They want to practice. They want to help their team because they care about the Alabama football program. You look at a guy like Ty Simpson, who is currently the third string quarterback, but there is a debate in Tuscaloosa. If it's going to be Jalen Milrow, uh, the backup or Ty Simpson, you look at a guy like Ty Simpson, if you're Ty Simpson as a third string true freshman quarterback, you know that you have these quarterbacks that year in and year out are going to come in and push you. There's an opportunity there. And so would you rather see a kid like Jalen Milrow or Ty Simpson who have absolutely nothing to lose? Or would you rather see a guy like Bryce Young who you know is going to be consistent game in and game out? And maybe, just maybe, he won't try and make those game-changing stellar plays with his feet, you know, scramble out of the pocket, take any unnecessary hits. It's interesting because even if these guys play, I really wonder if the Alabama coaching staff is going to put them in harm's way, if that makes sense. Are they going to have the full game plan or are they going to say, okay, we're not going to run as much with you, Bryce. We're going to hand it off and, and let our five-star running backs do it. Same thing with Will Anderson. How much will he actually be out on the field if he is going to play? Or are they going to go for the backup who is another four, five-star recruit that are just lined up and piled um, in this Alabama defense? I, it's interesting because the dynamic there exists and how they decide to employ it is totally up to them, but there's so many different things they can do. Yeah, they're they're so talented. And that's the other thing. This isn't a team that just because their starter isn't available – 
the other guy might be inexperienced, but he's a five-star recruit or a high four-star recruit that is wildly talented and just awaiting his opportunity to get on the field because it's hard to get on the field at Alabama. And when you do, you want to make the most of it. So again, I come back to this. There's not a single player on Alabama probably who considered coming to K-State seriously. And I know this, there's not a single player on Kansas state that was even sniffed out by Alabama. So uh, there is a, a talent gap from the, the lowest part of the scholarship roster at Alabama to the highest part of the K state roster in terms of recruiting rankings and how they were recruited and talent gap in terms of what kind of players they are right now going into this game? Well, that's not a big gap at all. That is very narrow because I think a guy like Felix Andy DK Uzama certainly translates to being able to play against an Alabama. And this is one of the things that I have told people I want to see. I want to see how Alabama handles King Felix. He gets all double teams in this conference. Will he see that from the get-go from Alabama, or will this be, hey, we're Alabama, we don't need to mess with that. This guy is good, but not any better than guys we handle every week in the SEC. That's that's how I see it. I mean, if you're Alabama, you've got to be saying, we're going to run our stuff and make K-State adjust. I mean, if I was Alabama, quite frankly, if I was Alabama, I would say that too. Let's face it, Fitz, K-State has overperformed this season. That's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. They have overperformed this season. They have guys that are not physically as big as the guys on Alabama. If you look at Alabama's offensive line, every single one of those guys would be able to physically fit in in the NFL maybe not talent talent wise but physically you just don't have that in the Big 12 and it's not just K-State it's just in general and so teams have had to to force they've been forced to double team Felix because of the amount of uh, attention that he deserves but I don't think that's going to happen against Alabama simply because they feel like again they are Alabama we're going to run our things if we have to adjust we'll adjust but with the players that they have, with the experience that they have up front especially, I, I just I don't think he's going to get double teamed, and I think he'll take advantage of it. I really do. I do too. That is the one matchup that I really want to see going into this game, how they handle Felix, because I, I think they feel like they can take advantage of other guys and they'll be able to handle him with man-to-man, and I, I don't think it's going to work. But uh, I'm also not Nick Saban, and uh, speaking of Nick Saban, I listened to his entire press conference. It made me uh, yearn for the exciting days of a Bill Snyder press conference. Uh, this guy, uh, Nick's a little dry. Uh, we'll just say that. He's a little dry and monotone um, in how he delivers his information. Now, let's hear from Alabama coach Nick Saban on the preparation of the bowl game and the guys, Will Anderson and Bryce Young, coming back for another round, one final game with the Crimson Tide. Well, I was really impressed with the attitude that the players came back with today, and everybody seems to be taking a serious approach to uh, what they have to do to be positive, um, prepare for the game, have fun, um, preparing for the game and creating value for their future. You know, this is not something that is not important to us. We have a lot that we can prove, you know, in this game. We're going to play a, a really good team uh, that plays you know, sort of old-fashioned, tough, very disciplined, well-coached. Um, so there's not any way to make it easy to prepare for a team like that. So. 
uh, for us to have the right mindset and have a good respect for what it takes to have success against a good team like this, I think is imperative in how we go about trying to, you know, prepare for this game. Yeah, in those conversations with Bryce and Will, uh, what do they communicate to you as, as to why they want to be back here and play in this game? Uh, well, you know, I, 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 it's you know, it's kind of interesting that. Um, you know, people opt out of playing, you know, for their team. And, you know, the way you create value for yourself is to play football. That, that, that is the best way you can create value for your future. And when you do that against good competition, I think that creates value for your future. You know, I hear guys all the time say, I'm going to get ready for the NFL. Well, what do you mean? You're getting ready for the combine? A lot of the things you do at the combine are not even relevant to what you do on the football field. So, um, you know, any, every time you have an opportunity to compete, if you're a great competitor, and I think these two guys are great competitors, and you know that's why they wanted to play, and um, that they they want to try to create, continue to create value for themselves, be good teammates, help their teammates play, you know, well in the game, and that makes it a little fashion in a lot of ways. But I I sort of respect that. Did they come to you and seek advice on what you thought they should do for this? Um, I told them both that it was their choice in terms of what they, you know, wanted to do. And we, we discussed the pros and cons of it, and they made their decisions. Coach, I know it was the first getting started prepping for Kansas State, but what have you seen so far with them, and what kind of comp competition are you going to see on New Year's? Well, these guys got a really good team. Um, you know, they beat TCU in the championship game. They were ahead of them 28 to 10 in the other game, the, the first game that they played against them. Uh, this is a really good team. They can run the ball. They're physical. They got a good offensive line. They got a good runner. Quarterbacks play well. They got good skill guys on offense. You know, their defense plays physical, tough, come out of the top and strike you. Um, this is a good old fashioned, well coached, disciplined, tough, you know, good football team. And they could make an argument that, you know, since they beat one of the teams that are in the playoffs, maybe they should be in the playoffs. So um, I think this is a really good team. Okay, Cole. I think Bryce Young is amazing. Why? Well, he's got a Heisman Trophy. He's athletic. People tell me he's easily the best player in the SEC. He does things that nobody else can do. And I appreciate that. And I know he will be a handful. If he plays the entire game, he's going to be a problem. No doubt about it. He's a problem for everyone. He'll be a problem at the next level. I truly believe that. But Will Anderson scares the daylights out of me. <laughs> will Anderson is an absolute freak. He is Felix's size, but an outside linebacker. And this is how I want to put this in perspective perspective with all the great football that's been played at Alabama. He is second on the career sacks list, and he's only a junior coming out after his junior year. He's second. Do you know who was first? The answer is Derek Thomas. And as a Chiefs fan, I'm quite familiar with that, and I would hope that the Chiefs could somehow trade all the way up to number two in the draft to take Will Anderson, but I also know that's not going to happen. That would solve a lot of problems for the Chiefs. And now let's hear from the incredible Will Anderson. 
For me, it was all just about the leadership and being here for the team. And, you know, I've been preaching so much over these last two years um, about, you know, how to do things the right way, the standard around here, and um, how to uplift the standard and how to uphold the standard. And, you know, it just wouldn't be right for me just to walk out on my teammates. And, um, you know, I think that's a big reason why I decided to play in this game and be with those guys. Everybody says it's like the business part of it, but when you love the game of football, you also have that competitor part in it. And me just being at home or training or sitting down, watching Watching the game, I, I will be feeling so bad or not feeling great about myself. Like just, just the competitor in me, and that's again why I want to play this game as well. No, we have a lot to prove. We have a lot to show that you know we we should have a chance to be in the playoff. But you know we're not, and we're going to take a um, take this opportunity and go with it and make the best of it and go out there and show why people why we're Alabama football. You know, just being in the moment, being where my feet are, making sure that I'm enjoying it, uh, make sure I'm still building those connections, still being a leader, not slacking off, still upholding everything that I've been talking about since you know I've been since last year, the year before that, this year, everything. So that's kind of where I just been at, just being in the moment, enjoying everything, enjoying the guys. Just the laughs in the locker room, everything. I think that's why it just keeps me going, just being around those guys. How Kansas State handles this outside linebacker scares me because, honestly, as good as the tackles have been at times this year, they have had issues with raw athleticism and speed more than bulk. And that is what he is. He's got some bulk to him, don't get me wrong. But he is fast, he is violent, he is sudden, and that is going to be problems for K-State. And their scheme is different than what K-State has been used to. Alabama runs a 4-2-5. And, and just for context, I've been kind of digging into some Alabama stuff. We'll release the tail of the tape on offense and defense, kind of breaking down what the Tide do. But you, Will Anderson is, is, is incredible. I mean, there's really no other way to say it. He's going to go into the NFL, and he's going to be one of the best pass rushers immediately. And pass rushers are the commodity. They are the gold standard in the NFL right now, and he will be the gold standard for pass rushers. This guy's incredible. And I look at that matchup with KT Leviston and, and Will Anderson, and this is a great measuring stick for KT. And I think we've heard Chris Kleiman talk about a lot of guys maybe aren't sure if they want to stay or go, those super seniors. If you're KT and you have a breakout game against Will Anderson, I'm just having flashbacks to Scott France versus Miles Garrett. Yep, you nailed it. And that is exactly what I think about. Miles Garrett was going to be the number one overall pick at the end of that game. He, he was, I believe. And and Scott France obviously had a long, uh, very good career at K-State. He was a true a redshirt freshman when he went up against him. But, I mean, what this can do for KT's confidence if he decides to move on and try and play at the next level. First of all, what great tape if you have a great game against Will Anderson. But if he does decide to come back, knowing that you can hang hang around with a guy like Will Anderson gives you should give you so much confidence. And and that is who Will Anderson will go against. These Alabama coaches are not stupid. They look at these tackles and say, okay, would we would we rather line him up against KT Levison or rather line him up against Christian Duffy? And and for as good as KT has been this year, I think he might be one of the most improved players on the team. He has been a little inconsistent at times. And so that is the matchup where if he can hold his own and limit Will Anderson, assuming he does indeed play, K-State is going to be able to do some things on offense because the way that this offense has been rolling has started with the offensive line. If that offensive line can continue to dominate, continue to be successful, the offense will be successful. Yep, I agree 100% with everything you said. And that's exactly why I had you on this podcast. That's it. That kind of a crackling analysis there, Cole. Appreciate it. Of course, Bryce Young is the headliner of Alabama. 
He's an incredible quarterback. He is a great player, and uh, he has helped his team take leads in every game this year. They've just not held up on the defensive side in the two losses. But let's hear from Bryce Young. It's not very long here. As we go into break on the first half of this special Sugar Bowl preview podcast, Bryce Young discusses why he wanted to come back, and then the rest of his press conference was basically filled with guys asking or media members asking why did he come back in different varieties so this is pretty short here is Bryce Young and after that we'll go into break and come back and we'll hear from Kansas State's players about this game the season and everything going on with the Wildcats here is Alabama's Heisman Trophy winning quarterback Bryce Young I wanted to finish with with my teammates uh, this season. Um, again, there's been a lot of work, a lot of um, you know, a, a lot that's gone into this year, and you know, um, I just get another chance to play with my brothers. That's really how I look at it. Um, this is a great opportunity for us as a team, uh, for me, um, you know, for all of us. And um, you know, we've we've all had each other's backs all year. Um, it's been about accountability, about uh, making sure that we're 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 holding ourselves to our standard, and um, that's words that we all live by, that that I live by. Um, so for me, um, you know, it was easy. I just wanted to, um, you know, it's another opportunity to go out there and play with play with my brothers. So, um, again, I'm, I'm grateful for the chance we have, for the opportunity we all have, um, individuals and as a team. Um, you know, this is a huge opportunity. Um, this is a, a big game to play against a really, really good team. Um, and, um, you know, we, we have a lot that, that we want to prove to ourselves. There's a lot that we want to accomplish um, as a team. And um, I'm, I'm just happy to get another chance to play with my guys. This is Kansas State's Cooper Beebe. The leaders in K-State sports coverage will be right back with more of the PowerCat podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Kansas State's Daniel Green, and welcome back to the PowerCat Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Welcome back to this special edition of the PowerCat Podcast. Tim Fitzgerald and Cole Carmody giving you a extended preview of the Sugar Bowl. Alabama and Kansas State play on New Year's Eve in New Orleans, Louisiana at what we still want to call the Superdome. It's, mm-hmm. it's always that to me. And it'll be uh, an interesting game, a matchup between the best team available from the SEC after Georgia went into the college football playoff and, of course, the Big 12 champion, Kansas State, as uh, these two teams square off in a game that some around the nation might see as a mismatch. But, Cole, before we talk to the Kansas State players that we met with uh, earlier last week, I'm fascinated by the line on this game. So it was mm-hmm. sitting at three and a half when Bryce Young and Will Anderson announced they do intend to play. And it only moved to six and a half. Um, I mm-hmm. just find that fascinating that uh, Vegas is so locked in on things. And maybe part of that is they don't think Alabama will be, be as emotionally invested in this game than Kansas State. But your thoughts on that spread? I'm I'm a little intrigued by it. I think it's I think it's about right, honestly. Um, case or excuse me, Vegas has valued uh, K State 
throughout the season. I mean, we think back to that Oklahoma State game, K-State was favored and a bunch of people, you know, I think all of us that go PowerCat, or most of us that go PowerCat anyway, were a little confused about that line. And 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 K-State's been one of the most valued teams in the Big 12 all season, besides Texas, who, you know, that's Texas, right? That's the Texas bias we always see. But I'm not surprised at this line. I'm really not. I, I do think this is going to be a close game. And I think the only reason that this line is six and a half is because it's Alabama. If you take the name away and you throw a Tennessee uh, instead of an Alabama with the same players, I think this line is closer to three. I think where it was before you had Bryce Young and, and Will Anderson, I think that's about right with how well K-State is playing right now. And really with uh, – I don't want to say how bad Alabama's playing because they're 10-2, and two, but <laughs> this is a team that's had a lot of close calls this season. I mean, so is K-State. When you look at their record and they were losing for a lot of the first half against Auburn, a bad – bad Auburn team they had to come back against Ole Miss and beat the the Rebels on the road they lost to LSU who I don't think is that good of a football team um they obviously lost to Tennessee now that is when they had Hinden Hooker you go back you can go even further back they had to squeak by A&M at home I mean again they almost gave up a 28 nothing lead against Arkansas before they finally put the Jets on I mean there's been some close calls with this team and Again, I think it, it all falls in their defense. Obviously, the numbers look better, but Fitz, the numbers look better because they played Utah State, UL Monroe, and Austin P. In those games, those three games, they gave up a combined seven points. Yeah. On top of that, they also got to play Vanderbilt, who they only gave up three points. Everything else has been interesting, close games, and that is what happens when, really, we think the SEC is so good. But Fitz, they really had four bye games this year. And I, I I hate, you know, you only play who's on your schedule, and I understand that. But there's a reason why the SEC teams continuously find their way into the college football playoff. It's different than the Big 12. It just is. And, and when you look at their second game of the season, I'm sure that we're going to talk about this even more. But you go back and you look at that Texas game, they had no business winning that game. But sure enough, they found a way to win. And this Alabama team is a very good football team. Do not get, do not think that I am saying they are not a good team, but I think the line is right about right. And and honestly, if you're a better here, I might almost lean K State simply based off of the body work. Yeah, it's it's very interesting, and this has been my argument about the difference between the SEC and the Big Twelve. I concede that the top portion of the SEC is better than the Big 12. It's better than almost anyone else, including the Big 10. I, I Maybe this year the Big 10 is, but I'm not sold on the Big 10 either. It's the middle. It's that thick middle of the SEC that I think is lesser than what the middle of the Big 12 is. And as evidence of this, I go back to the fact that Kansas State's won three in a row against that middle section of the mm-hmm. SEC. Hey, you go back last through the bowl game. Granted, LSU was watered down, but that was just a mismatch. And a lot of those players that played in that game led LSU to the SEC West title this year. So don't give me that they were awful and inept. They they had some guys. Maybe they should have had a better quarterback out there, but okay. Then you go back to the beginning of Chris Kleiman. What's he doing his first season? He goes to Mississippi State and wins. And wins fairly handily. I mean, it, was a, it wasn't a blowout, but it was K-State controlled that game. And this season, a six and six Missouri team that competed at Georgia and played, you know, pretty close games during the course of the season in the SEC. They absolutely trounced Missouri 
It was just a complete mismatch. Did the weather play into it? Okay, a little bit, but both teams played in the weather. And I thought Kansas State was completely dominant in that game against, quote, SEC talent. It's that middle of the conferences that I think kind of boil out and show the true differences here. Um, I don't know if the Big 12 will ever be able to match the elite level of the Alabamas and Georgias because of recruiting, the advantages they have in recruiting with so much talent right in their own neighborhood. But boy, um, I'm excited to see how K-State matches up with this team. And, And I'm not the only one. The players are very fired up for this. Um, If you're worried about players being invested in a bowl game, don't worry about Kansas State. These dudes are invested. Um, And as Chris Kleiman said in the first portion of the show, nobody even thought about sitting out. We still don't know the fate of Felix Sanyudike Uzama, Deuce Vaughn, or Cooper Beebe, three juniors we know have NFL futures. Will they come back or will they leave? We think King Felix will leave. The other two, maybe. Maybe they'll come back, but they all wanted to play in this game. And let's start off with our sound from the players with quarterback Will Howard. This kid has been amazing this year. He was kind of left for dead at the side of the road by so many fans and talking heads, maybe just like us, because he hadn't played well in his first two seasons. You know, hadn't played consistently, but the first season was a pandemic and he was a true freshman that was started the year at 17 years old. Then he spilled into last season when he just didn't quite rise to the occasion. Boy, did he rise to the occasion this year when called upon when Adrian Martinez was injured at TCU He lit the team on fire, and it was the second half with the injuries that let them down. When he didn't play against Texas, they went to Adrian Martinez, and I am no way blaming Adrian for the loss to Texas, but the offense didn't function the same way, and he got hurt again, and out comes Will Howard. Next thing you know, he's playing the Big 12 Championship. They win, and Chris Kleiman made it very clear he's going to be the quarterback of record for this game. But he got a little banged up as the season went on, and that's where we start with Will Howard. Here's about three and a half minutes of the new QB1. He was like QB2, then QB1A, and now he's clearly QB1. Here's Will Howard talking about getting his body healthy, playing Alabama, and, oh, yeah, weren't you supposed to redshirt? A little rest time here to get your yeah. body healed up. Yeah, yeah, we got, you know, having a little time off was, was definitely much needed, you know, after just kind of getting after it for, you know, however, four months or whatever it was, you know, since fall camp. So, uh, but no, we're, we're rested up. We're ready to go. At what point did you kind of shift your attention to Alabama? I mean, as soon as we, uh, soon as we finished that Big 12 championship game and as soon as we got word that, uh, you know, Alabama was going to be our opponent, uh, we started thinking about them. Um, the, you know, we obviously enjoyed you know the Big 12 championship win uh, for a little bit and celebrated and, and uh, you know but but as soon you know we knew that the job wasn't finished and you know there's one more uh, and as soon as we got word that we were playing Alabama we all were pretty fired up and um, so yeah it's it's been all about Alabama for a while and uh, I'm, I'm excited. Can you describe the magnitude of this challenge? It's it's huge you know when and, when you're a kid and you think about college football, especially when I, you know, kind of when I was growing up, it was it was always Alabama. You know, they're they're top tier. They're they're what you know they're the standard of college football, I guess you could say. And so it's really cool to you know kind of be able to 
measure ourselves against the best. And you know, they people are saying you know they're having a down year for them, and the fact that it's a down year and they're still ranked number five, like that tells you enough, you know, about about Alabama. And uh, but no, it's it's for me, it's such a cool opportunity, you know, just to be you know playing a New, New Year's New Year's Six game, Sugar Bowl. You know, the stage is is big time, um, and you know I'm just really excited for the opportunity because we get to measure ourselves against against the best, and you know we feel like we're one of the best too. So it's gonna be fun. Watching film, what's what was kind of the biggest takeaway for you from from Alabama's defense? What are, what do you think they do the best? They they do a lot of good things. They're uh, you know they're really sound. They're really disciplined. You know they're gonna be really well coached. You know Nick Saban obviously is is the standard. Um, but you know they're 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 big. They're physical. They're fast. Um, you know I feel like there's some there's some things that we can attack for sure. But um, you know it's gonna be a challenge because they're they're a really good team. They got some they got dudes all over the place and uh, their corners are are really good. They're uh, you know their fronts big. They're mammoth in there and um, so yeah it'll, it'll be a good challenge. But no I'm 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 really excited for it. Could you describe what a whirlwind this season has been? Going from a potential red shirt to, to now, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a that's an understatement. Is a whirlwind, you know. It's uh, going, you know, just just my mindset, you know, being being a backup, you know, thinking I'm gonna red shirt and kind of trying to get ready for next year almost, you know, kind of mindset to, but I, you know, I knew obviously that I had to be ready to step in and do what I had to do this year. Um, you know, I didn't obviously know that, you know, what was going to happen happened. Um, but it's, it's super cool just because it shows you how, um, you never know, you know, you never know what's going to happen. You never, you know, you can, you can never bank on any one thing happening or not happening and you just got to be ready for, for whatever. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm so blessed that the, the opportunity was put in front of me, you know, that, that was put in front of me and, and I was able to do it, do what we did with it. Um, you know, because obviously I knew like, we, I still wanted to red shirt, you know, even after Oklahoma state, but, you know, obviously when, when Adrian went down again, it was, it was a no brainer just with what was on the line and, um, being able to, get a big 12 championship win like I mean if you would have asked any Kansas State fan if Will Howard would have been the you know the quarterback in a in a you know big 12 championship game I, it, a couple months ago I think they would have told you you're crazy but uh you know here we are and uh it's it's kind of it's kind of cool how things come full circle and uh yeah it's just it's been a fun year and you know you never know what's going to happen you always got to stay ready and you know that's what I've tried to do and it's been it's been cool Cool. I just love Will Howard. He's just such a good kid. I mean, the way he's handled all of this has been so even keel. But, you know, some of his answers later on about uh, how his life's changed that we didn't include in here were pretty interesting because he talks about um, the number of autographs he signs in Aggieville now <laughs> as opposed to before. He he could pretty much have his night out in Aggieville before he started playing football this season. And now he's a damn rock star. I know you've seen him out and about surrounded mm-hmm. by people. It's it's amazing. Um, and he's loving it. He's just having a blast. The the uh, the trend of Will Howard from uh, I've said this on podcasts before, but you know from <laughs> from casual students who might recognize him and say, "Oh, that's that's Will Howard." Oh God, why is he why is he want to show his face to? Oh my gosh, that's Will Howard. It's it's pretty cool to see um, you know just students go up to him and take pictures and 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 autographs that kind of stuff and you feel for you feel happy for him because he of anybody on this team has worked his butt off and deserves everything that he's gotten i mean you go back to the offseason people are, are wondering this kid is 6'5 235 pounds maybe you should play tight end you know the comparisons were made oh look how fast he ran maybe could you imagine him if he played tight end and and as a quarterback i never played quarterback but i could imagine that 
okay, cool. They want me to still be part of the team. The fans do, but they want me to switch position. I've played my entire life. No, I'm not going to do that. He, he, he put his nose to the grindstone and, and he started working and I'm so happy for Will Howard. He's one of the best kids on this team. I've, I've had conversations with my family. It's like, I love covering this team because all the kids are so nice. And then oh, I great. say, Oh, this kid's favorite. And then I go, wait, well, this kid's my favorite too. And then it's just next thing you know, there's 10 of them where you're like, Oh my God, these kids are amazing. And and it starts with little Howard. It really does. Yeah, it does. And, and Deuce Vaughn and feel it. It's a, it's an honor to cover these kids because they handle their stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Whether it's on the field as players, dealing with us as media, although Felix doesn't really like to do media very much. He likes to go out and, and tackle quarterbacks. Um, but um, they never get in trouble. They take care of their grades. It's it's really been uh, fun to be able to cover football without a lot of the, the side uh, distractions that so many reporters have to worry about. One of the reasons for Will Howard's success and Deuce Vaughn's success, of course, is this offensive line, and nobody is a higher-profile player on this offensive line than Cooper Beebe. He is an NFL guy. He has played tackle in the past, but this season got an opportunity to move inside to guard his more natural position, but that means that if an NFL team does draft him, and we still don't know if he's going to come out after this, his junior season, or come back for another year. Of course, he's young brother just signed with Kansas State will be on the roster for 2023 so maybe that pushes him to stay we will see but he will give an NFL franchise a guy who can quite literally play all five positions because I can guarantee you someone will want to turn him into a center because he is smart he is fast he is strong he's built like a NFL center uh This guy will play on Sundays. There's no doubt about it. He might just be the best offensive line in the Big 12. He will match up and not shy away from anything Alabama has to serve up. But let's hear from Cooper Beebe first about what a special season this is and his switch of positions. And then let's sneak in the second offensive lineman we spoke with. Hayden Gillum is uh, just one of my favorite kids on the team because of his story is Soul K-State walk-on, Western Kansas, doesn't play much at all, special teams. This year, he gets an opportunity to start, and frankly, because of an injury in the first game of the season, he is cemented as the starting center. Has he had some issues at times this year? Yes. May be a bad matchup for Alabama, possibly, but he gets his chance and an opportunity to play against Alabama. We'll see. I'm not going to count him out, and neither should you. Here is Cooper Beebe and Hayden Gillum. What does this season meant to you, Cooper? Uh, this season was huge. Um, you know, we knew at the start that we had a team this year, um, and we knew, if we, you know, this was this was our year to win it. Um, and it was just the way we finished, uh, it was just huge for us, um, huge for, you know, recruiting, just huge for this program in general. Um, a lot of hard work and sweat has went into that, and, you know, that was our goal this season. And, you know, we still got one more game to finish. Has the move inside been everything that you would have expected? Oh, yeah. Um, You know, that's something I've been wanting to do since, you know, the beginning of my career. Um, And I thought I was just better well suited for it. And, you know, KT coming along helped that out. And, you know, I think he did a good job this year. And, you know, it felt more comfortable to be on the inside. It's a great opportunity just for us, but not only for us, for our university in a a huge bowl game. Um, It's another opportunity to add to this journey and this season that we've put together as a team. And it's one last one last ride with this crew, I guess. You know, each year you never have the same team coming back. So to be able to do it one more time with this team and against them, they're a great team. I'm happy they're all playing. Um, You you want to you want the full the full deck when you're going to play them. So um, we're excited for that. 
Coach Kleiman told me on the field during the celebration down in Arlington, he said, everybody has discounted us and have they've underestimated these guys. And that's one of the reasons he was so happy and proud of y'all. Do you think the people are feeling that same way now, Kansas State versus the Giants, Alabama? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I don't know. We, we try to block out the outside noise. Um, I know we were doubted it throughout points all season. I mean, I've been doubted my whole career. Will Howard's been doubted. It's just, I mean, everyone's been through it. But we know that the work that the guys put in downstairs and out on the field and the preparation. So whether they doubt us or not, you know, it's an, it's another huge stage. It's another great opportunity for us. And we're working and we're going to be ready for it when it comes. How much confidence has the offensive line collected as the season has gone along? Um, a ton. Um, from the first week I met with you guys, I said, you know, each practice we're going to continue to grow and, and get better. And each, each rep we get with each other is a huge opportunity. So to be able to continue to get extra games like the Big 12 championship, this, what is it, 20, 15, 20 practices we're getting here, um, each day is continual growth. So it, we've continued to grow and we've played in all cert. We've been up, we've been down, we've won, we've lost, we've been in big games you know we, we've we've faced about all of it now at this point so from an experience standpoint it's been huge and we've gained a ton of confidence there man uh, this offensive line uh has played above what i thought they would and you mentioned the tackles earlier cole um they've had some really good games and some shaky games and, and i don't want to put this all on them but i feel like if they have a really good game like they did against oklahoma state or someone else when Cats had a blowout. I, I feel like K-State's going to be in really good shape if they can protect Will Howard and give Deuce Vaughn the slightest little crease because that's all he needs. They, they might lead the way to victory. We heard we heard from Hayden Gillum, and, and I want to I want to talk about him here, highlight him him here for a second. On the official roster, he's listed as 6'3", 286 pounds. Yes. I, we talk to him a lot, and I don't know if he's over 6'2", and he's probably closer to 270. Um, either way, I mean, he is a technician, and you've used that word to describe him multiple times, but he's going to have to bring his A game. Um, DJ Dale, uh, the nose tackle for Alabama, is listed at 6'3", 300 pounds, and that's a big man. But his backup is a freshman named Jaheim Otis, 6'5", 350 pounds. Those are some grown men that are going to be lining up against Hayden Gillum. And and the nice part about um, Hayden Gillum is he's got some guards next to him that are pretty dang good. And and you mentioned Cooper Beebe, but Hadley Panzer is another kid. Such a K-State story. I mean, coming from Lake in Kansas, always wanted to play for K-State. He gets here. He's a backup. Taylor Potier gets injured. On comes Hadley Panzer, who is maybe going to play some center this year. Uh, the offensive line has done an outstanding job, but they're going to have their hands full because we talked about Will Anderson, along with those guys I just mentioned, every single one of the defensive linemen, even the defensive ends in this, in this four, two, five, that, that Alabama plays are over 300 pounds. That just tells you these kids are big. They're strong. They're athletic. How does K-State handle that? Again, I think they do what they've done all season long. Trust your offensive line. Trust your running back and Deuce Vaughn, and don't let the opponent psych you out because, honestly, that's how Alabama beats a lot of teams. How do you think Alabama beat Tennessee for however long, 15 years in a row they beat them? It was because Tennessee knew that we can't beat Alabama. It's Alabama. That's how teams lose to Alabama is they get caught up in the fact that they're playing Alabama I don't think K-State's going to get caught up in the fact. I'm not going to sit here and, and predict K-State to come out and win this game because they're going to be focused. But all year long, it doesn't matter who they've played. 
they've played their game. As long as they play their game, they're going to have a chance to win it at the end of the game. And their game surrounds on the offensive side of the ball so much Mr. Deuce Vaughn. He can run it. He can catch it. He is electric. He is hard to find, let alone tackle. He sits down in the backfield, gets behind that offensive line, and plays so low to the ground. He is really difficult to locate for the defenders. And, boy, he in the open field is a nightmare for any defensive back, even if you're NFL caliber, he could clown you at any second. And that is certainly something Alabama is talking about. But let's hear from Deuce Vaughn, one of the guys that never even considered opting out of this game. What's it say about this team that there have not been opt-outs? Because you look all over the landscape. There are a lot of good players on a lot of really good teams that are choosing not to play bowls. Yeah. Yes, sir. Uh, it kind of just talks about the, the type of team that we have here, uh, the family that we've built, the culture that we've built, man. Uh, everybody wants to finish the thing the right way, and that's together down in New Orleans and uh, fighting to play one more game together because we've, we've been in this thing for 12 months now, and we want to finish it the right way. Is there any thought? Of you opting out in this game? Uh, no, sir. Uh, as soon as we, we got the Sugar Bowl bid, uh, the Sugar Bowl has been a game that I wanted to play in since I was a little kid. I've watched it every single year from Alabama with uh, playing against Ohio State with Ezekiel Elliott and uh, just going up Alabama playing Clemson and all of these types of games. Clemson playing Ohio State to be in this type of game, man. It's a game that I'm going to relish. And playing in the Superdome, man, that's a big time. What do you think about Alabama, an opportunity to play against a program like that? Yeah, uh, man, they're, they're standard. Uh, you, you've seen what Nick Saban's done with that uh, program and the players that they brought in, the players that they continue to bring in. And, uh, it's no different this year. A really good football team, and, uh, man, super excited for this opportunity. Deuce Vaughn, summarize what you've accomplished in 36 college games. Uh, it's hard to put into words. It's unreal uh, the the amount of success that I've been able to have, and of course, uh, y'all probably is probably, probably like a broken record. I can't take all the credit uh, for, for the things that I've done. I've had so many hands uh, poured in, so many people poured into me over my time here, and uh, 36 games have flown by. That's one thing I will say. And uh, man, I'm thankful for every single person that that's been in uh, my journey. And uh, man, it's unreal. How sweet is that? Is a Big 12 championship game memory for you? Get the long touchdown run, and then you guys hold on to win in overtime of that celebration. That's huge. That's going to be something I'll never forget because winning a Big 12 championship is what we set out to do whenever I first got here as a freshman, and for it to be uh, three years down the road now and to be able to accomplish that with this team and uh, this pe- these people inside this building, uh, man, it's a big thank you. How often have you rewatched the touchdown run you had against TCU? Uh, it was on social media a whole bunch, so I'm not going to lie. I've, I've seen all types of different angles and uh, angles from the sideline, angle from uh, in the stands that people have sent me, and uh, it, it's really cool. And just the the I guess the 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 feeling of, of hearing the, the the crowd roar and everything like that was really really cool. Because once you're running on the field and uh, you're kind of monkey brain, so you don't really hear anything that's going on. Uh, so to hear those videos and how loud it was in, the, in that stadium was really, really cool. Cole, I just love Deuce Vaughn. I, and, and that doesn't sound very professional, but he is – I want to adopt him. Do you think his parents will let me adopt him? We don't have kids. I think Deuce – I don't know. He was kind of short for me, but, you know, I, he could be my kid, couldn't he? I mean, he'd have to change his name to Tim Fitzgerald Jr. Oh, yeah. I don't yeah. know if he'll go for that, but, I mean, this kid, he's special, isn't he? There's oh. no other way – there's no other way to put it. I mean, you, you mentioned before we heard from him, his, his ability to, to break tackles in the open field. And, and I want to know your opinion on this. I, I don't think Alabama is fully anticipating um, how good he is, right? I'm sure they sit there and they go through, we've got to stop number 22. But there has to be part of them that says, we play in the SEC. Right. We see these kids all the time. They're right. so fast. There's no way he can be any faster, but 
I mean, he 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 just might be. Yeah, he he's he just does things that other guys physically can't do, honestly, because of their size. The way he gets low to the ground, and I always crack up when I see photos of him coming through the offensive line, and he's running so low to the ground that his knees are, you know, his front knee is just like inches off the ground, um, and his head is at or below the waist of his offensive lineman. I mean, he's mm-hmm. he's literally looks like a little kid out there playing. So if you give him a seam, he can, he can make you – you know, get through that seam so quickly before you even locate him, and then he gets into the open field. I don't, I don't care if you're Alabama or your TCU or who you are. Uh, I wouldn't want to be in the open field trying to tackle Deuce Vaughn if he has a head of steam coming at me because he just don't stand a chance. We saw it in the bowl game. I mean, uh, I, I remember when he broke into the open field and he had that safety in front of him. I said, I don't think this guy is going to touch him, and he didn't come mm-hmm. close to touching him. He just fell down. No. Um, and so I'm, I'm just really happy that Deuce gets this opportunity, this measurement, not because what he'll see is that much better than some Big 12 defenses, but it is Alabama, and the world will now measure him against this game as much as anything. And if he torches Alabama, K-State, they got bad news. His stock might skyrocket in the NFL. They might say this is NFL-level size and speed, and he did this against them. Maybe he can play in this league because he's always going to be judged by his size, and he's so far proven everyone wrong. It's it's amazing because this game in general, not just with Deuce, but this is going to be a game where the nation will be watching this game. Not only will they be watching this game because, you know, as we've discussed on this podcast, allegedly Will Anderson and Bryce Young are going to play but as a casual fan, you've got to be interested to see how Alabama handles not playing in the college football playoffs. Right. I mean, it's, it just doesn't happen. They're always usually in the playoffs. So, you know, not only for gambling purposes, as I'm <laughs> sure many people will be watching this game, but just as, a, as, as an outsider and onlooker, it, it, it is fascinating to see how Alabama is going to react. I don't think that anything is going to change. They're going to come out and try and win the game because that's how good Nick Saban is. If Deuce Vaughn comes out and plays the way that we all think he can and we all think he will, yes, his stock will elevate. And and like it or not, this is a measuring stick, not just with Deuce, like I mentioned, but with everybody. If you can play well against Alabama, you can play well against anybody, and that includes the NFL. You got it. Let's get into a couple of the storylines that have been so important during the season for Kansas State. And one of them isn't just that Adrian Martinez is a Nebraska transfer and came to K-State. Someone came before him, and that was receiver Cade Warner, who has been so important to this offense all season long. Cade came from Nebraska two seasons ago. This will be his second bowl game in his college career because they don't play in bowl games at Nebraska anymore. So Cade Warner came down. This will be his second dip. His final college football game is against Alabama. And I asked Cade about that and also about his excitement that Adrian, even if he's not going to start at quarterback, Adrian Martinez will play in his first bowl game as a college football player. Here's receiver Cade Warner. You stuck around. You got another season in. You uh-huh. get another bowl. How cool is it? It's uh, it's pretty really cool. Um, last year was a super fun season for a lot of reasons, um, but I didn't have the impact I wanted to. I didn't know what it was going to look like this year, and to come back and see how this team's growing. Um, see the progress we made since I made that decision back in January to now, um, how close we are. It's been pretty special. And your last college game will be against Alabama. Yeah, it's pretty insane. Um, just a walk on from Arizona, that transferred from Nebraska, and now I get to play um, Alabama in my last game. And so it'll be a great challenge. It's going to be cool to go at these guys and, and attack with these guys one more time. 
As a friend of Adrian's, how neat is it to get to him, to get to see him have the turn to be in a bowl now? Yeah, it's been pretty special. Um, we played in a lot of games um, in Nebraska together, and uh, I don't think there's ever one that had a weight that we did last week um, or this week coming up. And so for him to, to transfer here and be with me and, and see the success that he's had here and be on a successful team and do something special, um, it's something that we haven't had the opportunity to do the last couple of years. And so it's been special to see him grow um, and really just enjoy this season um, and in the entirety, whether injuries or not. Um, and to see him go and attack this last game and, and get healthy and and uh, just enjoy it. Hey, you've been here two years now. I feel like you've gotten a pretty good feel for the place. How important is this game for this football program? Oh, wildly important. Um, all season we've been saying one more. Um, and that was one more rep, one more set, one more play at practice you got to figure out. Um, and so we, we, can, we, get, we had a huge game and we did something really, really special that um, no one will ever forget here. But one more. we got one more game together, one more game to attack, and one more game to play with each other. Okay, Cole, one of the other stories coming into the season was can Kansas State hold up on the back end of its defense? Can they have enough quality play at safety to be able to survive the Big 12? And they did for most of the year, and then they had two injuries down the home stretch that really hurt this team a lot. Sincere Mason went down, but before that, Kobe Savage, who was playing at an all-Big 12 level, went down. And that left Drake Cheatham and Josh Hayes as the main two safeties, along with some young guys. And we've seen V.J. Payne step up as a true freshman and play some pretty good football. But Drake Cheatham talked about uh, in this brief clip uh, the opportunity to play Alabama. And this is a guy who transferred as a from the portal from Prairie View A&M. And mm-hmm. now his college football career will end up with a game against Alabama. And the progress made in the back end of this defense has been pretty remarkable. Here is Drake Cheatham. It's, it's very exciting to me to think I'm, I'm going to be playing Bama, an FCS kid. So, I mean, it's it's very, you know, it's wild for me, you know. So it's, it's going to be fun. You know, I, I see myself as, you know, a talent, and I like to compete. So I, I always want to go against the best. So it's going to be fun for sure. How long has it taken the secondary to kind of come together this season? Um, I don't think it took took uh, took that long because, you know, we spent a lot of time in the summer just, you know, working out the kinks, you know, and figuring out how Josh likes to play, how Kobe likes to play. I know they're gone now, but, you know, uh, you know, just we all stayed together and, you know, spent a lot of time in the summer just, you know, figuring each other out and, you know, how each other play. Is Power 5 football everything you thought it would be? Uh, yes, absolutely. I mean, uh, it's, it's a fun experience, uh, you know, great environments and stuff like that. So, yeah, it was definitely what I expected. And, Cole, let's wrap this up with maybe the biggest story of the season. And I sincerely mean that. Of all the recruiting victories Kansas State had this season, and I've said this, I did a daily delivery video about this, the two biggest were two super seniors that decided to come back and use their COVID year. Ty Zintner, who has not just punted the ball, but now stepped into the place-kicking duties and kicked the game winner against TCU. But this dude, nose tackle Eli Huggins, has been the anchor at the core of this defense all season long. And it's not just his play, Cole. It's his spirit and his way he just keeps grinding away. The way he climbed through the depth chart, wasn't really expected to play that much. Told his dad he only hoped to you know play some big snaps during his career and now has been a foundation piece for this defense. He decided to come back. It was the right choice, and they win the Big 12 title. Cole, Eli Huggins has just been an enormous piece to this puzzle. Eli Huggins has been the MVP of the defense. 
Um, I don't think there's any way around that. You mentioned he's back for his, his super senior season. And if we flash back in time to, to 2007, uh, Eli Huggins committed to K-State. I have his page pulled up here. On June 30th, 2017, he, he chose K-State over Arkansas, Army, Brown, and Bryant. If you don't think that K-State changed this young man's life, wow. um, it changed his life for the better. And what a find that was by the staff then. But w- what a player Eli Huggins has turned into. He is another embodiment of K-State. He came from Georgia. Manhattan adopted him. He has turned into the prototypical workman kansas state wildcat he's been such a joy to watch play and i had an nfl scout tell me that you know what he's got a chance to play in the nfl and 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 some people have even wondered if he might make the transition over to the offensive line but i think that if he wants to play nose tackle there's going to be some nfl teams that will take a chance on eli huggins but he has to take care of business one more time against alabama he's been he's been the mvp of the defense yeah absolutely he really has he is a son of the sec he grew up a tennessee fan he gets to play at kansas state he climbs up through the depth chart he was so important the last two seasons in particular and now coming full circle eli huggins gets to finish his career against not just an sec team the Alabama Crimson Tide. Here's the nose tackle, Eli Huggins. Tell me about your decision to come back for your sixth year. Yeah, I, uh, about this time last year, I was trying to figure that out. Um, I was dead set on leaving. Um, senior night, I was super upset. I was crying. I, I, my mind was made up. Um, and it just didn't feel right. As we got closer to the bowl game last year, I met with all the coaches, uh, met with my family a bunch. Just felt like I had more to prove and more to, more to do, and I, I thought we were gonna have a really good team. So, um, sitting where I'm at right now, I think it's it's easy to say I, I made the right decision, um, and I'm super happy with that decision. But I guess you know hindsight's 2020, and um, you know, it, it's easy to say it was the right decision where I'm sitting right now. But um, yeah, I mean I couldn't be happier with how everything's worked out. What were your goals coming in the season? Well, the ultimate goal was the Big 12 championship. Um, so everything, I mean, I had other goals um, that were kind of secondary to that, but uh, winning the Big 12 championship kind of made me not care about all those other goals. You know, it, it kind of erased everything else. That was that was the number one goal. You take us through that goal line stand? Man, that was, uh, that was something special, something I'll never forget. Um, what's crazy is I actually, I didn't really do my job on that play. So I, I, how I swiped across that, that tackle coming down, I really should stay in there, but just something didn't feel right. <laughs> something didn't feel right to me. So I, I made the decision to, to cross it. Um, Daniel took his legs, and I was there to, to kind of catch him. And I don't think you could draw it up a better way just between me, him, and, and Ty, three guys who could have left and chose to come back just because how much they love this place and getting to kind of be the guys to, to end the game and win the game. I mean, it's just – I don't think you could write it any better. I mean, it's just special. How quickly did you come back down to earth after the Big 12 championship game? Well, we we had a, a week off from, from football activities for the week after, so it uh, – 
we had some fun that that week. So it, 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 uh, um, I don't know. We, we we definitely celebrated a little bit, um, and and the guys earned it in my opinion. I think everyone had every right to to enjoy it for a second. Um, but we're we're back to work now. All season long, the mindset's kind of been next game, next game, next game. Um, forget about the past. So that's what we're doing right now. Moving on to the future. Cole, I can't wait to get to New Orleans. I can't wait to start doing all the stuff we get to do down there. We arrive on the 26th. There's an open practice, I believe, on the 27th we'll go to. Um, and then the press conferences start at the 28th. We will have coverage wall-to-wall at gopowercat.com. How fired up are you for this opportunity? You're, you're, one of your first bowl games you get to cover. Did you go to, you went to LSU last year, right? I was not. I was not there. I was actually in Mexico with my oh, family. Oh, that's right. Okay. So this <laughs> is your first bowl game to cover with gopowercat.com. It's just the Sugar Bowl in Alabama. No big deal. Yeah. It's just the one time I, I go to a 11 or I guess 12 games this year. The only game I wasn't at was West Virginia. Yeah. I'm fired up. I mean, uh, as cool as this experience is going to be, it's going to be even cooler for the guys. It's going to be even cooler for the fans. Uh, I'm so happy. And I've said this before, but I'm just happy for K staters in general. Uh, they deserve this. Mm-hmm. They've earned this, not just the team, but the alumni, former players, everybody, they, they have, totally earned this opportunity and and you know that the football team is going to play their butt off and and try and make everyone in k-state nation proud absolutely it's kansas state and alabama december 31st in new orleans 11 a.m kick you can catch this game on espn and uh, we will be there all week long seven days in new orleans cole carmody will handle a lot of the x and o's analysis pre and post game michael goins will give you a lot of the you know strict game coverage and get into some analysis too. Zach Carlson's behind the lens shooting a lot of the video you will see and some of the still pictures. And I, I'm not sure what I do, Cole. I'll, I'll just be doing some videos, some columns, some having some fun and uh, tying it all together on the editing end. But we will have this covered. Nobody travels heavier to a bowl game than GoPowerCat.com because this is what it's all about. The, the culmination of a season in a game like this is exactly what covering K-State football is about. This is the Super Bowl for Kansas State. This is the biggest game in years. I don't think that's an exaggeration. Nope. And I, for one, am totally looking forward to it. For once, I'm looking forward past Christmas. Usually the, the, usually the, the 26th is the most depressing day of the year. It's, it's going to be the most exciting day of the year for us. we got to wake up early and get to that Kansas City airport to get on the road. He is Cole Carmody. I'm Tim Fitzgerald. And the whole Go Powercat gang appreciates you so much. Make sure you check out our coverage. Make sure you click on that green join button and check out that incredible special we're offering from now until, I think it's a second. So you've got a little time to mess around, but don't mess around. Do it right now. You're not doing anything. You're trying to avoid the in-laws or hide from the kids. Go ahead and treat yourself, whether it's mom or dad, and click that green join button. I'm Fitz. We appreciate you listening to this special edition of the Powercat Podcast and we will see you, that's right, in New Orleans. Thank you for listening to the PowerCat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. PowerCat Podcast, all rights reserved, gopowercat.com. It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. 
Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus to try it free. Terms apply.